0: reading this morning is taken from Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 to 9. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in the knowledge of love of God. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things whatever you have learned or received or heard from me, put into practice and the God of peace will be with you.
1: Last night, I I had a bit of a predicament because I'd written a talk for today as part of our... I didn't come up with those. Whatever. Um, I'd written a talk that goes in line with our our sermon series on God's pursuit of us. And I was just like, we could crack on. We could be British and just be like, we're doing what we're doing. That can do whatever it's doing. And just, carry. but that just seemed a bit stupid because, like, the talk I prepared was about God's grace for us. And that is a super important topic. And God pursued us with his grace without condemnation. And they're the takeaways from that talk. So you can just, like,. Go with that, and you're, you're called to be an instrument of grace, okay? That is what, be an instrument of grace. That's one talk, so you've had a talk, okay? And then, I, but I was sitting there, and no word of a lie, it has been a weird two weeks or so, hasn't it? It's been really quite odd. Um, there's been, like, some mixed feelings inside me. I've seen a lot on Facebook where churches are deciding to live stream their service, so there's no congregation but they're still up for getting the whole band in and playing the songs. And I'm just like, what is that? That's like some weird performance that God genuinely dislikes. Like, there is something about gathering as community that you can do over live stream or Facebook or whatever you use. But it's not about us standing here and singing songs. It really isn't. And I could crack on with the topic that we had planned. But when it gets to tomorrow morning and you check your news feed... There's literally going to be one story that you read about, unless something major happens. I mean, over the last couple of weeks, I made a joke about two weeks ago that five of the top 10 news stories on BBC were about coronavirus. On Thursday, I checked again, it was nine out of 10 news stories. And last night when I was preparing, it was the full 10 out of 10 news stories were to do with the coronavirus. Whether it's Tom Hanks having the coronavirus or Donald Trump testing negative for the coronavirus or whatever, like, it has taken over. There's genuine fear. There's genuine um, confusion about what's going on at the moment and what do the future weeks have in store? So about 10 o'clock last night, I was texting a few people and I was like, can you help me make this decision? I've got a talk already planned. Do I write another talk? For the sake, Because I don't want to blow it out of proportion, but I also think if we're not about a performance and we're about genuinely being a community that loves God and interacts with the world, there is one thing that's going to be talked about in the offices this week. There's going to be one thing that talked about the school gates. There's going to be one thing that dominates the headlines and majority of our lives. Whether you're in an at-risk category or whether you're not, it's a serious thing. So I want to give it a little bit of treatment this morning, because, I mean, last week seems like a genuinely long time ago. John's made a joke this morning already. I was making a lot more jokes last week than I have been this week. It's true. I'm sure many of us have. Last week, you could cough without someone genuinely giving you a little side glance (laughs) and thinking, have they? Have they? Is that a normal cough? So if anybody here has that tickle in the back of their throat, yeah, You have permission to cough. Just cough into your jacket or into your sleeve, whatever you need to do. Because I've been sitting there with a genuine little tickle because I've got allergies. Genuine little tickle. And it's just annoying to sit there going, I can't cough because everyone's going to think I've got coronavirus. Okay? So you have have permission. But jokes aside, we've been at home, we've been having our extension done. So there's building works. And everything that people come to our house... All they talk about is the extension, and it's driving us a bit mad. How's the extension? How are they getting on? Is it good? Is it better? Like, what's going on? And then this week, people comment, they go, oh, you're having an extension. So, coronavirus. And that, that is genuinely... That is the shift in mood. I, my inbox has been... Sp- not spammed, but, like, updates. I've had updates from printing companies about the fact that they're going to continue delivering print deliveries during this time. I've had stuff from McDonald's. You can make of that what you will, that I'm on the McDonald's <laughs> mailing list. Um, and I've had like, uh, countless emails from John, um, about, uh, which we all have about how we're going to take communion, how we're going to wash our hands, all the rest of it. We've had Boris Johnson's address that I ended up watching while folding clothes. We've got photos of Tesco's where it looks like the zombie apocalypse and everyone has just stripped the shelves of anything. The stock markets are going, who knows what's going on? Borders are closing, schools are closing, and I genuinely cannot remember a time like this. I I, I cannot. Like, I'm not old enough to remember some things that some of you may have lived through, but I don't know if any of you have lived through a virus outbreak like this. Probably not. And the reality is, it's not over yet. This isn't like just going to, oh, it blew over. It looks like it's in for the long haul. So I thought, let's ground ourselves in a bit of Bible. Let's ground ourselves in what God has said. Because I believe that he full well knew we would have to live through these times. He full well knew that you as a Christian have a testimony to bring during these times. So I want us to, to start, but Father God, I just pray right now that you would come, that Lord God, that this outbreak, Lord, that by your grace and by your provision, Lord, we, would, we wouldn't see the worst of it. And Father God, we just ask right now that you would illuminate your word to us, that we might live as people In relationship with you. Amen. So I want to look at three areas. I've I've chosen sort of my go-to passage when things get a bit odd or bad. And that's this Philippians passage. And the reality is it doesn't matter if we administer communion differently. God's way bigger than our little way that we've decided to do it. It doesn't matter if we have to shut down larger gatherings like this. Because God is present where one or two or three are gathered. And the majority of the work of the church has never been about a Sunday morning gathering. I'm sure everyone could say with me, like, church is not a building, it's the. Exactly, right? I want to push it a step further because it's not just being people, it's being God's people. And it's not just being God's people, it's being God's people on God's mission. The reality is, he doesn't want a church that is just full of people doing nothing. He wants a church full of people that are following his call and following his word and living out a testimony to the world, whatever the situation. So when we come to this, I've got sort of three key takeaways that come directly out of this passage. So I'm just going to read it really quickly. Um, My version is just... A little bit different from the one in the pews, but do read along with me. It says, Philippians 4, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice and the God of peace will be with you. So where do we start? We start with prayer. This is like no one's going, didn't think that was coming. But we start with prayer. When we're overwhelmed, when situations seem too big, the safest thing and the safest place to go is to that inner room, to that place of prayer and connection with the Father. When I think about my kids, when they have a problem going on, and it seems bigger than them, they seem confused by it, and you can, tell, you can just look at them sometimes, and you can tell there's something going on. And as a dad, my, my desire is they would just come and talk to me about it. I might not be able to make that situation just vanish, but there is a comfort and a peace that comes through the relationship with the Father. So as we come to a time when it may seem overwhelming, it may seem bigger than we could possibly pray a prayer, like, I'm I'm not going to lie to you, there is no silver bullet prayer for the situation we're in. I do not get the full cosmic wisdom of God that gets prayer. I mean, I've talked about that before but pray about it anyway. Just because you don't think your prayer can sort of cure everyone in the whole world, don't stop praying. The situation might be big, but God is still bigger. He says, cast your burdens and your anxieties on him. Why? Because he cares for us. He is our father and he still wants a relationship with us in these times. So whether that is in, we get put in isolation, we still have God. Whether we don't get put in isolation and we're fit and healthy, still pray. Like this is just this is good for us, no matter what the situation going on. That's why it says, in every situation, things might be going brilliantly. Still pray. There's a type of prayer that it talks about in here. There's a petition of prayer. Do you remember the other day we had a fantastic Borjo moment right? We need to squash the sombrero. That was my favourite takeaway. Squashing the sombrero which just means that curve of the epidemic we need to kind of flatten it out so that the NHS can hopefully deal with it as best as possible. The way we wash our hands and the way we interact with people is important in that but I still believe prayer has a place in that as well. I believe that the petitions of the people move the heart of the king. I believe that God is able to help the NHS cope at a time like this, help the doctors have extra energy they wouldn't normally find, help people who are on the edge find a way back. There is hope in prayer. And I believe it. There's also a type of prayer called with thanksgiving. At a time when things seem bad, it can be really easy to stop giving thanks to God for his provision for us. Do you know, I, I came across yesterday at almost like the perfect time, this story that comes from Wuhan where um, the outbreak started. And it's from a Christian called Rebecca Franks, who's been in Wuhan in isolation for 48 days so far, which just seems unthinkable right now, doesn't it? 48 days in isolation. And she'd been writing a whole load of posts online where it'd been a bit negative and all the rest of it. And her husband challenged her to say something good. I don't know their full situation. I don't know why they're there. I don't know. They they seem to have a family and they seem like she's there with her husband. But she writes this halfway down. It said this. And this just like hit me like a bottle of blue. It said, my prayer life has never been better. And my study time has been much more real. I have quiet time that is actually usually quiet and I can devote real time to it. Most days I have so much more time to think, to listen, to process and to discover. I'm discovering the good gifts that God has given me and my family. More than anything, I'm bowled over by his goodness at every turn. He overwhelms me with his goodness. Does that just strike a chord? like, The furious busyness of our lives we've talked about before. But when you go into a lockdown situation for 48 days, to be able to say there is the goodness of God is overwhelming you. When the people in the area are struggling. Jeff was just telling us this morning that there are churches meeting each other by a live stream, but more as a gathering. And there's, there's opportunities for doctors to spread the gospel. When things get overwhelming and big, the people of God have an opportunity to step up and provide wonderful service to people, to provide wonderful care, to share the hope of Christ with them. But it starts at a point of prayer and connection with God because he will be the one that drives us out and drives us forward in this. Do you know what? I've, I've discovered that the simple offer of prayer can be massively well received by someone who is at fear with what's going on, whether they know God or not. Just saying, I will pray for you. Prayer is a powerful weapon that we have. And I don't think we've grasped just how powerful it is. The power just to make someone who's at fear feel slightly relieved that someone is going to take their prayer request to God. Whether they believe in God or know God in the same way we do or not, it doesn't matter. And even just like simple things like, I'm sure everyone's sick and tired of singing happy birthday twice. I, like people have been writing other songs to go with it and all the rest of it, which some of them are quite funny like, come on Eileen, changing it to COVID-19 that was a classic um, yeah, it, it was funny a week ago, wasn't it? Um, but while we wash our hands an opportunity for 20 seconds of prayer do you know what? we, we do this, I mean, this is funny I was at um, John's on Thursday we were doing a premiere. I wasn't even going to say this we were praying, right? And I ended up, I can't really do it now because I haven't got a chair. Let's get a chair. You might not be able to see from the back. Okay, we were praying and I was like this. And John was in a similar kind of hands together position, so was Amber. And I just went like this all of a sudden. And I thought, how, you can't, if you can't see my feet, I've just done that. And I was like, how weird would it be if all Christians prayed when you had to put your hands and your feet together? That was genuinely my whole thought. But when we put our hands together to wash, just make it a prayer. 20 seconds of prayer for the NHS. 20 seconds of prayer for the person down the street who you know is struggling. 20 seconds of prayer for, I don't know, if the schools get closed, there are going to be families that get the free school meals and they're not going to be able to buy lunch for their kids. It's going to be hard for some people. 20 seconds of prayer for anyone in isolation. 20 seconds of prayer doesn't seem like much of a big thing in all this. But if all of us start praying for 20 seconds multiple, multiple times a day with real faith and belief that God can do something, it's going to make a massive difference. It's going to make a difference to you and it's going to make a difference to the situation. So that's just a quick, like, take that one away with you. The second point I want to talk about is peace. Peace for our hearts and minds. Now, at a time like this, like that is the kind of time when People's hearts and minds are troubled. I've already said that the top 10 news stories were all about Christ. That means that everyone is clicking on it. That means that everyone is thinking about it, worried about it. And I, I can feel like low key, deep down in me, there is that little bit of swell, that little bit of tension going, actually, this is kind of getting a bit serious now. And I don't want to like underestimate that. Because there are going to be people where it's not a low-key feeling. There's going to be people that they're awake at night thinking about this. And I've heard a rhetoric from some areas of the Christian world, which I understand where it comes from, but I don't think it's helpful or hopeful, which says, walk by faith, not by fear. And I'm just like, I get you. I know where you've come from. You're probably going to passages like, 2 Timothy, where it says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and of a sound mind. But the reality is, just quoting that to someone or posting it online brings literally no comfort to anyone. People need comfort. They need people to walk with them rather than us just to spout off a good message. And I know it's a correct theology that in life we shouldn't be dominated by fear because we have a hope in God. But it just doesn't help. I'm sorry. It just doesn't help. And I'm fed up of seeing like social media graphics that put it on it. I really am. Just think about it. God is the God who calls himself Emmanuel. God with us. And do you know what? When Jesus went to the cross the night before he was sweating blood because he was afraid because he had fear, because he identified with us. And the reality is, if anyone's meant to be full of more faith, he knew he was going to rise again, and yet he was still afraid. And do you know what? We are not God. We get afraid, and quoting passages about faith over fear, I just don't think it's helpful. That's my little axe to grind. But don't, it's, it's a way of just saying, don't belittle the feelings of others. If someone's really struggling, take them seriously because that is their real experience of their life. You know what? When Jesus went to raise Lazarus from the dead, he knew what had happened. When they're on the way, he says, oh, he's fallen asleep, and the disciples are like, okay, let's go wake him up. And he, met, he's, he has to go, no, he's died. Even though just a few verses before, Jesus said, This sickness is not unto death. Lazarus dies and he goes there and he sees the weeping and the sorrow of the people there. And we get the shortest verse in the Bible that says, Jesus wept. Even though he knew he was going to raise him to life again. Even though he knew he was just asleep, Jesus still wept. In that moment, he identified so much with the feelings and the experience of others that his heart was moved with compassion. It says it twice in that he was so moved with compassion for others that he identified with them. So don't go around quoting verses like, have faith, not fear. Like Stand alongside people. Because there is a great testimony when we anchor ourselves in prayer and in hope There's a great testimony that our heart and our mind is sound in times that are just so up and down, like it's that stabilizing and people will go, hang on, why aren't you freaking out? And there's a great verse in 1 Peter 3 that says, but in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord, always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give a reason for the hope that you have. At a time like this, we can have an amazing hope in Christ Jesus. And then it goes on and says this, but do this with gentleness and respect. Like, this isn't about us quoting the fact that we're not afraid, we have a hope in Jesus. This is about us saying, I have a genuine hope in Jesus that this isn't going to be that bad, or not not even that bad, Like that we're going to get through this, that I can help you, I'm with you hope can be a brilliant antidote in a time of despair and we do have an eternal hope in Jesus and John already mentioned it, there's like shifting sands at the moment isn't it, it's like we've built up this amazing routine of life, of systems, of work of economy, of everything and all it took was the novel coronavirus just to give the sands a quick shift the economy starts crashing it doesn't take much, it helps us realise just how fragile we are We are, and that we have an eternal hope in God that can, what does it say in Hebrews, that can act as our anchor. So when a ship is in a storm, it puts down its anchor and it rides it out. Put your anchor down in Christ because he has already made a way for us. The last one that I want to mention is practice. I put it as practice what you preach. And this is a challenge to me as much as all of you. We talk about loving God, loving each other, and loving our community at St. John's. And love is a doing word. We know that love is an action. You can't just love passively. Like, if my Bible at John 3.16 had turned around and said to me, For God so loved the world that he sat there and watched it all go wrong, did very little. I don't think I'd be underlining it. I don't think I'd be putting a star by it. And I don't think it would be one of the most favorite verses of Christians in the world. For God so loved the world that he sent his only son. There is an action. There is a sending. You look at the life of Jesus. He left the glories of heaven to come down and rescue us. You look at people like, I saw a great post shared about Spurgeon and the cholera outbreak in the 1800s about how he would be called daily multiple times a day to the bed of the dying just to bring comfort in their last moments, without fear. I mean, cholera at that time would have been way worse than coronavirus at this time. And yet he was not afraid because he had a hope, but he knew that he couldn't just hunker down and hope for the best. He had a hope that he needed to share with people as they were sick and as they were dying. And as they were in a hopeless situation. So there are a number of practical ways we can help people at this time. Because isolation will be really hard for some people. Isolation will be horrible for people's mental health. It will be horrible just to get shopping in. It, it won't be good. I mean, I heard a story the other day of someone who'd ordered their Tesco shop on like, online just thinking, that then they can just drop it at the house because I don't want to go out. And you know when it's annoying when you get a substitution or two? Two pages of substitutions where they just didn't have the stuff that they needed. There's going to be opportunities for us to help them with practical... Places like the food bank need our help. Giving someone a phone call when you know that they're isolated or checking in if it's appropriate. There's an opportunity to reach out to your direct neighbours just to say, look, I mean, I saw something brilliant this morning that... I don't, I don't know, we, we might use it. Someone had produced a postcard that you can print off, fill in the details and just say, look, I'm around to help, and just post it through people's doors. And it, it just looked like a fantastic... Like, we're not the only good people in the world. Like, there are other good people. It's not like the, whole, the rest of the world is utterly selfish. I mean, there are people panic buying loo roll, but and whatever else, which, if you're doing that, please stop. Like... But we have an opportunity, and there's a verse that I just want to turn to, to end, and it's in Matthew, and it's Jesus speaking, so it's always good to take it seriously. And in Matthew 25, and you you will know this, verse 35, it says... For I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick and you looked after me. I was in prison and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in or needing clothes to clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison? Let's just read isolation there just for the moment. And go and visit you. Then he will say to those on his left. Depart from me. You are cursed into the eternal fire. Prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry and you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty. You did not do it. It says the king will reply. Truly I tell you whatever you did. For one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine. You did it for me. If Jesus had Coronavirus and was self-isolating I'd buy him some shopping I'd give him a phone call check he was alright we do it for Jesus we always do it for Jesus and if we can't meet in a couple of Sundays time or whatever you can still do things for Jesus and that is the truest form of worship we can do at this time and that is all I've got to say about that in the words of Forrest Gump. <laughs> Father God, I just pray for us at this time that we might be your hands and your feet. Lord God, that we might bring a hope that is eternal. And Lord God, that we would just meet people where they're at and hopefully lead them towards you. Who is our life and is our love. And is the only one that is worth living for.
2: Amen. God is our refuge and strength an ever-present help in trouble. Therefore we will not fear, though the earth give way. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. The Lord Almighty is with us. Heavenly Father, thank you so much that we can turn to you at a time such as this. It seems you're shaking the nations, but thank you that you can't be shaken. Thank you this morning that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. Thank you that we are receiving a kingdom that can't be shaken. But we do bring this crisis to you. We ask for your mercy. We remember those living in coronavirus hotspots and those currently in isolation. May they know your presence in their isolation, your peace in their turmoil. Your patience in their waiting. Lord, we pray for those who are grieving, reeling from the sudden loss of loved ones. Be with them in their suffering. Your comfort in their loss, your hope in their despair. In this moment, we name before you those known to us who are vulnerable and scared. Maybe parents, grandparents, loved ones, the frail, the sick, the elderly, the isolated. We believe, Lord, that you are God who heals We ask for all the medical professionals dealing this morning with the intense pressures of this crisis around the world. Grant them resilience in weariness, discernment in diagnosis, and compassion as they care. We thank you for the army of researchers working steadily and quietly towards a cure. Give them clarity. And please give them unexpected breakthroughs today. Please rise above this present darkness as the sun of righteousness with healing in your rays. And we pray for our leaders, Lord. The WHO, national governments, we pray for Boris, the chief medical officer, the chief scientific advisor. For local leaders too, Heads of schools, hospitals, you have positioned these people in public service for this hour. We ask you, please, Father, to grant them wisdom beyond their own wisdom to contain this virus. Faith beyond their own faith to fight this fear. And strength beyond their own strength to sustain vital institutions We specifically ask for enough funds for social care for the isolated and the lonely and the scared. Oh Lord, hear our prayer. It's been a concern to learn that many food banks have had to close because of lack of supplies. So Father, we pray for the Bromley Food Bank. We thank you for those from this fellowship here who help there, and we pray that this week they may have the foods that they urgently need, <clears throat> so that those who are in poverty or whom are marginalized and don't quite know where their next meal is coming for their kids coming from for their kids will receive, continue to receive the help that they need. And Lord, we thank you for Amber Pregnancy Care. Thank you for Alison and the way that she has led this for such a long time now, with courage and wisdom and grace and compassion. Pray for her team, for Susanna and for Gina particularly, We ask that you will provide the finance that's needed, Lord, for the staff. We pray especially that you will grant them protection from all the attacks of the enemy. We pray that they may know your presence with them as they continue to serve. Thank you for the women who are already being helped this year and for their partners. We pray for women who are grieving because of a lost child or because they haven't been able to conceive. Whatever the reason, Lord, reach out with your compassion and mercy. And finally, Lord, this morning we pray for families in our particular church family here who are in need. <clears throat> pray for Judy and Alan Storkey. Many of us don't know them, but others of us do. And Lord, we confess to you our sense of not understanding really what's going on, how they've suffered so much. We pray for a breakthrough, Lord, to bring them hope and healing and restoration. And we pray for the Chernock family as well. Lord, we pray for a breakthrough too in relation to Morton's desire to do his GCSEs. Open up another way, Lord, another opportunity for him to do this and comfort and sustain him and Jack and Mia and particularly Julia and Warren, Lord, Warwick, as they uh, are confused by this situation and distressed by it. We lift them to you as a family, asking, Lord, that you will break into this situation with your love and with your healing. Merciful Father, accept these prayers for the sake of your Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ. Amen.